Welcome, you're listening to a members-only broadcast brought to you by Barnabas Foundation. To learn more about the variety of resources, tools, and training available to you, log into the Member Center at www.barnabasfoundation.org. This episode is a rebroadcast of one of our most listened to episodes from 2022. We hope you enjoy this conversation between Heather Day, Barnabas Foundation's Director of Marketing, and Jack Strong, Member Engagement Officer. We provide practical tips for establishing and maintaining a legacy society and how to make the most of the Barnabas Foundation Legacy Society Starter Kit. Good morning, everyone, and thank you for joining us. My name is Kurt Nola, Director of Member Relations here at Barnabas Foundation. And joining me today, again, Heather Day, our Director of Marketing, yeah. and Jack Strong, our Member Engagement Officer. And today's topic is going to be all about legacy foundations and our legacy societies. Uh, before we get into the topic, just a few reminders. If you have a question throughout today's broadcast, feel free to type it into the Q&A section there in, on the bottom of the Zoom panel. We'll pop up on our screen and we'll address those questions as they come in. Today's session will also be recorded. So if this particular topic may be beneficial for someone else within your organization to watch or listen to, it will be available typically in about 48 hours in our member center uh, and you can access it there. Um, but today's topic is an interesting one. It's something we've talked about over the years a lot, legacy societies and the importance of them. And some of this comes from our years of consulting with members. Um, years ago, we used to do a really intensive kind of consulting work in helping members either relaunch or launch legacy societies. And Jack was one of the early, <laughs> early ones that we did with when he was at then Back to God Ministries, uh, now known as Reframe. And so um, what we had done over the years is boiled that information down, everything that we were doing with these members um, into a guide that Correct. we have. Um, and it's what we've really been talking about for the last five years or so is, is what the, uh, how to start these things. And so we're going to walk through that today. But um, just to start right off at the top, Heather, yeah. you know, what is Legacy Society, the thing we talk about so often? Well, good morning, everyone. Um, so Legacy Society is a group of your closest supporters who just love you, are raving fans of you. And they've indicated that because they've included you as part of their long-term plans um, for gifts. So uh, really a legacy society is a series of resources, systems, and communications to make sure that they are thanked and that they are, um, they're shown that they're loved and they are appreciated and thanked appropriately. So we, this has been such a topic for us right. over the years. Um, it's obviously important, but why is it so important? What is it that we really are pushing? Well, it's important again because these people have indicated that they that they care that they think of you at the level of family, and so um, this is a way. And we have to all have the best of intentions where we want to keep in touch with those who are supporting us and care about us. But um, but they we get busy and time goes by, and so this is to make sure that they are again thanked, to recognize, and shown appreciation on an ongoing basis, so that you um, they don't slip through the cracks. Um, so there's the just the ethical and moral and a right thing to do obligation, but also we know that um, your long-term supporters are long are likely to make changes in their plans over the years, and you don't want the lack of communication to be a reason why they drop you from their plan. So um, other things that a legacy society can help you do, it can help you identify loyal supporters who have already made plans to give just by the nature of having a legacy society, you're inviting people to raise their hands and tell you about their plans. Mm -hmm. It will also help you to invite others to consider a gift making that way. It helps you to steward your relationships, um, gives you a way to do that. It helps you to maximize each member's giving potential because once you know that you can talk to them in ways that are appropriate to their, um, their interests and their passions. 
And finally, again, it reduces the risk of, of losing donors who just, um, they, they, they are your family. So treat them that way. And so Jack, your, your experience at Back to God or Reframe, you know, what were some of the key benefits that you all saw after launching your Legacy Foundation or Society? Yeah, I think one of the key things that we really determined was really establishing who was doing what. Um, especially within that area of long-term planning, we really wanted to know and identify who was doing that for us. Because as we were working with Barnabas at that time, we found out that only about 30% of the gifts we were getting in were coming from established things that Barnabas was doing. So again, they may have been referring people, influencing them, doing things like that. But it was important for us to get a real good handle on how many other people were out there leaving us in estate plans. Mm -hmm. um, the second thing that was really pretty critical, as Heather mentioned, was identifying those people and then trying to steward them until their final gift. Mm -hmm. And so often we forget about how important that is or how often folks will end up changing their plan right before their death. Mm -hmm. So we wanted to really try to make that an active part of our communication planning and the actual part of continuing that they were a part of our donor society. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Excellent. So even though we've talked about this a lot over the years, right. and we've, 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 this is certainly not the first presentation we've done this, it's been part of our conferences and other set, uh, segments in the past, um, there's still few ministries that are actually doing this, right? And so I'm wondering, Heather, what are some of the what are the obstacles that they're running into that are keeping ministries from starting a legacy program? I think it's like uh, so many other marketing ideas or projects that we come up with here, where we we want to we have these big grand ideas and we have a grand vision of what do we want it to be like, and we start to talk about it and it gets overwhelming and we let this whole um, perfection get in the way of good. We, uh, we think it has to be the ideal and I'm not ready to jump into it until I can get all my T's crossed, all my I's dotted. Did I say that right? <laughs> but the, the goal here is to not wait till you can do the perfect thing before you launch, but just to get started with what you can, where you're at. Yeah. For, for us at reframe at the time, that was exactly it. I'm a planner, mm -hmm. so I wanted to get the perfect plan. And so, you know, there were just pieces of that that really hung us up. I think we probably went two or three years, even before we contacted Barnabas. And I mean, this was back in 2013 that we actually were starting this program. So it was it was that difficulty. Mm -hmm. The other thing that really probably set, set us apart was then kind of establishing uh, the cost. That was another thing that hung us up, but we were always looking at the large program. We were looking at the perfect plan right. rather than just say, we need to get started. It's it's a, something similar to what we talk about with donors often, the planning team does. You know, when they, we sit down and they're looking to have that perfect plan, right. sometimes you have to make those okay decisions for today mm -hmm. and get something in place, knowing yeah. that you can right. continue to evolve the program over time. Otherwise, you get so stuck in the mud. Yeah. You never get anything done. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. So, you know, 
for those that actually become members of a legacy society, right. what are you know some of the services or tangible items that ministries should be considering to make sure that those members are feeling appreciated, that those owners are feeling the value of the society? Right. Well, I think first and foremost, remember that nobody is joining your legacy society because you're giving the best prize. You know, <laughs> like you can spend a whole lot of time working on the perfect gift. That is of great value, um, but that's not that you're not bribing your way into a legacy society. Um, focus instead. Uh, they want to be part of this legacy society because they're your closest supporters and they love your ministry. So focus on the items and services that really hold sentimental value or um, make them feel like appreciated insiders. Sometimes it can be as simple as um, again giving them direct access that they're going to hear executive briefings. Um, they're going to be a small group of supporters or. They're going to get a, a visit on a certain schedule, whatever it might look like, but whatever it may, whatever it is that makes them feel like insiders and appreciated and it held a sentimental value that is unique to your ministry. Yeah. And I think there's, uh, you know, really great programs out there that, you know, you have a number of writers uh, within your staff and right. people can develop books and things like that. You know, really at Reframe, we kept it very simple. It was a simple thank you letter. It was something that you know came across as genuine from our executive director. Uh, it established what it was, what benefits they were going to get, um, a token gift. It was a prayer card, actually. It wasn't anything real major, but it had all the pictures of our ministry leaders mm -hmm. from around the world on it. So it was a very simple token gift, but it meant a lot to people. It was amazing that for all of us as donor representatives that went out and met with folks, it was amazing how many comments we got back from those people who received it, or we ended up seeing it on refrigerators, right? you know, where people had it tacked up and were using it actually for what it was for, was keeping our ministry leaders in their prayers. Mm -hmm. So it can be something very, very simple. Mm -hmm. And then we just did a newsletter that came out on a regular basis just for those people who were members. And you know, again, it was pretty simple when we boiled it down, but it became very effective. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, I, on that lines, one thing that we heard um, from uh, for, heard at conference was just this old idea from Chelsea, like we want to make sure that we're doing things you can sustain over the long term. So sometimes we get so excited about something that I'm going to do this big grandiose thing, but then I can't keep it going over the years. Yeah. So just keep that in mind too. It's always easier to build up and keep and keep growing than it is to um, to scale back. Right, right. And they experienced some of that as Jeffrey right. shared at the conference, scaling back because uh, there was some sustainability issues with what they were doing. Right. Um, as awesome as it was. So great. And I think the key point there is that you're, you're right. No one's joining your legacy society for the perks they're getting. Right. right? They're, they're joining it because they've made that honoring commitment to fund organization through those end of life gifts, mm -hmm. you know, those estate gifts, those beneficiary designations and the like. So um, Jack, at your time, you know, how did you invite people in? You know, you started this thing. How, what was the, the trigger? Yeah. It, you know, and, and that's really where Barnabas helped us at the time with what the process was going to be. And we started really with those that we had established or we knew about as having made commitments. And a lot of that was word of mouth types of things from our donors at the time that had indicated it. So we had that within our resources. So we were able to put that information out. So they were our first key group. Mm -hmm. The second way we ended up doing that was we ended up working in partnership with both Barnabas Foundation and with uh, Christian Stewardship Services up in Canada. 
asking if they would then send out a letter on our behalf for anybody that had worked with them and it indicated mm-hmm. that Back to God Ministries or Reframe was a part of their plan. Mm-hmm. Well, that really ramped things up quickly. We were able to really see some active growth by both those methods. And then we just started to do a general mailing. We did an age append, sent it out to probably the older folks that we knew were on our mailing list mm-hmm. or more longtime donors to the ministry. And if they had 20 plus year of giving history and sent that out to them and asked if they'd just like to be a part of it. It also gave us a great active way to encourage them to do planning otherwise. And so it became a dual fold type of opportunity. And then we just kind of put it into our general mailing Mm -hmm. materials. We just, we took about a year and a half of really just continuing to increase the knowledge of the name that there was an actual legacy society out there. Ours was Legacy Partners. It was a pretty simple Mm -hmm. type of thing, but it just, you know, again, gave what needed to be done for our ministry because we did. We felt they were partners and this was going to be a part of their legacy Mm -hmm. of what they were going to do for the ministry. Mm -hmm. Excellent. You know, Kurt, one thing that I meant to mention earlier is that this came up in our marketing workshop at the um, at the conference of who do you include in your legacy society, which groups do you include and what you don't. So when we talk about those who are included, um, and you might have some to add to this, but we're talking about those who have included a gift in their will or trust, but also they have a, they've named you as a beneficiary mm-hmm. of perhaps their retirement accounts or their life insurance or whatever. And then also those who have made some kind of life income arrangement mm-hmm. because it, all that gift will come to you at the time of the passing. Yeah. And I think that's really important to note, Heather, is that you end up telling your donors that as yeah. well. So they know exactly what is a part of this. Right. And you have to sometimes lay all of that out because some folks might think it's only one piece right. or another and not kind of this broad spectrum of giving that they've really, um, really desire to do for your ministry. Right. It's educational as much as anything else. Absolutely. Yeah. Certainly. So, so just a reminder for those watching, if you do have a question, feel free to put it in the Q&A portion and we'll uh, address those questions as they come up. Mm-hmm. Uh, Heather, we talked a little bit about or hinted at the fact that we have a Legacy Society kit, a guide, yes. really kind of a starting guide. Yes. Um, you know, what is it and what's in it? Yes. Yeah, so uh, actually, I recently had somebody ask me, can you send me the kit? It's actually all on the, it's not, it's all electronic. It's all on the member center. And this came out of this idea of for years, Barnabas Foundation worked with organizations one-on-one and we found ourselves that could be a very labor-intensive and costly process for the, the members that were doing that with us. So we wanted the same t- basic principles um, along the way. So the Legacy Society Starter Kit, um, which is a little bit of a tongue twister, uh, <laughs> is um, just to put together our best practices that we've learned from years of working, uh, whether we are involved with our own Legacy Societies that we've done or um, working with our members. So first and foremost, it includes a how-to guide this how-to guide really gets, it gives some, uh, some definition that you can work with a team to understand why are we doing this and what's this all about and what are the, some things that we need to consider. But then it really gets down into some, some of those practical details, like what should we think about when we're thinking about a name for our society? You know, you mentioned that that was a sticking point for you or what, what kinds of um, giveaways might we include as a member benefit? It really gets into all of those details. So um, it's a great resource. We also have three different letter templates that are included in those. Those are provided to you as Word documents, which you can, um, they're just a, they're just a springboard for you to jump off of that you can take and edit. Um, but we, the three uh, gifts that we are, three letters that we have in there are a discovery letter, 
that helps you to just like put it out there that we're we're launching a legacy society here. Uh, would you be interested in being involved? We also have a welcome letter um, that uh, that you can use, and then an annual thank you letter. Um, and again, you can keep building on those, but those are somewhere to start. With the discovery letter, we also have the only piece in this entire kit that's customizable, and it's our legacy giving survey. Not to be confused with our other survey that we have, but this is a uh, this is a customizable um, resource that you can send out with a discovery letter for them to just indicate their interest in giving a, a legacy gift. And then we also have sample content and a sample layout for a legacy uh, society brochure. Um, the reason we've been asked, why is this not customizable? This really should, um, this is a central piece to your, your mm -hmm. fundraising. So it should, everything about it should, should look and feel and sound exactly like you. So where some of our pieces, you can switch out a word here or there, a picture, this really needs to like really speak at the heart of who you are. So we gave you um, an example of what the content is. It's available in a Word document, that, um, but it really should be filled with your testimonies, your messaging, all those sorts of things. Um, and again, all of that, if you log into the member center at BarnabasFoundation.com and then go to the or, or .org, either way, it'll get you there. You click on login, um, go to member center and right there on the dashboard is a button to click on the Legacy Society Starter Kit. Great resource for anybody that's contemplating how to either start their own or get or, or revive one that perhaps they started and languished a little bit. Right. So we do have a question come in. Um, did I understand Jack to say Barnabas would contact donors on our behalf to have them indicate to us that they have included us in their will? So interesting question. Um, we have done this uh, on occasion with uh, organizations um, whereby we, if you have a legacy program and we have donors that we've worked with that haven't given us permission to notify you yet, we will actually mail those on your behalf mm -hmm. um, once every couple of years. It's not something that we bombard, yeah. but you would send us enough material. We would put a cover letter on it to those people that haven't given us permission and just ask them to, or invite them to consider that we've disclosed nothing necessarily, but we would invite them to consider the materials mm. and, and the requests that the organization's making. So, and that has been um, somewhat effective with at least getting a percentage of people that we mail that to, to raise their hands. Mm -hmm. And so it's one more tool in that toolbox mm -hmm. of from the launch to your annual invites, to a mailing like that, to just general information you keep out there of gently encouraging people all the time to mm -hmm. raise their hand. And one of the things that we found just with it, it again was educational. Even if nothing else, it was a point on the map for reminding people this might be a great time to review your plan. Yeah. Even if they didn't respond or they didn't want to respond mm -hmm. again to us, that was not a big issue. It was, again, a way of inviting them in, seeing what was going on, or they could simply just contact us and say, could I just get that information? Could I be put on your newsletter mm -hmm. for plan giving? Um, we, we're not committing one way or another, but it offered some more information. Mm -hmm. So uh, again, that was very, very helpful to us. And there was no pressure on the donor at all Barnabas saying, you know, you can still remain anonymous. That's up to you. Right. Mm -hmm. That was really their gift. But, you know, for us, it it really was important numbers as well to start out with, you know, probably about 150 donors we knew mm -hmm. after those first couple of initial things, we were up to 250. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, after our about 18 months, we were up to about 375 donors that had raised their hand and said, yes, we'd like to be a part of the legacy partners. And I don't know where it's grown since then. Sure. I haven't reached out to Jeffrey to find out, but 
um, Lord willing, that has increased, mm -hmm. you know, and that there's been others along the way that have said, wow, this is a really great way for us to make that end of life gift, but also be recognized as being a part of the legacy of this ministry. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What an awesome asset that was for Reframe to mm -hmm. have that body of people that they can now um, know made that commitment and they can just shepherd that relationship for years and years until the point in time where they're called home and those yeah. gifts materialize. And practically it made for a really important budgetary sure. piece as well, because for us to start being able to plan and understand what gifting would come in. So again, working in conjunction with Barnabas to figure out what's the life expectancies that we get on an annual basis, yeah. and then figuring out what percentage do we know or not know, and starting to calculate that out mm -hmm. for income value as boards, as administrators start to make their planning mm -hmm. over the years. That's very important to ministries as they want to possibly go into new or exciting ways to be able to bring the gospel, to be able to feed people, to be able to help folks. There's a lot of ways that that can be very, very beneficial. Absolutely. Excellent. Um, so as we wrap up here, any last words of advice that you all have, you know, Jack? Yeah, I think the biggest thing for us was not not getting held up by a name. We probably took about a year and a half just <laughs> struggling with a name. Um, and, and it was difficult. Um, just because you want to honor people, you want to honor your ministry and the heritage that you may have, but it really didn't matter. <laughs> to a great extent, most people that I talked to later about it, they said, oh, that yeah, that's a fine name. And it was really simple. You know, Legacy Partners, nothing real magical about it, nothing really held to Back to God Hour, going back mm -hmm. historically, and, you know, even for today now, being Reframe Ministries, it really doesn't hurt it yeah. one way or the other. Sure. Um, but again, people understood exactly what the ministry was about. Right. That was the key. And Heather, you mentioned that in the brochure. The case of what you're doing mm -hmm. or what you're going to do with that funding is probably the most important thing. Absolutely. Yeah, I would just echo that. You know, we I think we value perfection over action. Um, you know, you, you can have you can have a crummy name actually. And just as long as you're communicating to them regularly, they're, they're not going to feel one way or the other. I would, I would focus on what you can accomplish consistently and effectively and just start doing it. Like make a goal. Your legacy society could be as simple as, you know what, for this year, we're going to make a goal that once a year, we're going to send a letter to all of everyone. We know who's made an estate gift. We're going to send them a thank you letter. You have a legacy society. Sure. You know, it could be that simple. It could be as simple as say, you know what, we're going to dedicate the first quarter of the year to just making calls to every single person that we've asked uh, that has indicated in a legacy gift and ask them, how could I pray for you? I was thinking mm -hmm. of you today. Those kind of things are simple. They're not expensive and they make a big difference. They certainly do. Yeah. Jim talked extensively about his experience at World Vision, where mm -hmm. he had a small team of, of retirees right. that came in for a few hours each day and did nothing but call through all their legacy program. And they had, you know, World Vision had a couple thousand people. Right. Mm -hmm. And they would just reach through that entire list. How can I pray for you? Yeah. You know, and it was just, it was that simple. It was that, that was the extra level of love right. that they shared, shout out, or shared on those donors. So, um, at great information today. And folks, listen, um, if you have questions, or concerns about how you get your legacy program started, reach out to us, um, talk to us, use the guide. But if you really want to talk about the details, we're here to help. 
uh, we can share with you with what we've seen others do right. um, and caution you on things that perhaps maybe, as as you say, don't, don't worry about, you know, things being absolutely perfect. Start with what you can do now and do repeatedly because the worst, one of the worst things you can do is start one of these things and then let it languish. Right. And then really not follow through on what you're kind of committed to do. So, yeah, that was here. a that was a big key for us too, Kerr. We did not want to do that. And so when we ended up making the commitment, we said this has to continue and we have to keep moving it forward, um, you know, just to honor those donors alone. Mm -hmm. It was key. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we wanted to make that commitment and then carry that through. Yep. Excellent. Thanks for joining me again uh, yeah. on this, this month's broadcast. Next month, um, Lindsay Cannon is going to join me on November 9th, again at 11 a.m. Central. We're going to talk a bit about gifts that reduce taxes. This is a donor-focused event. So this is something that you may want to invite um, your donors that are more of your major givers, you know, people that are writing larger individual checks that perhaps might be interested in learning about different ways to give, whether that be stocks, real estate, or other things like that, uh, those asset-based gifts that can be uh, used to reduce your taxes. And so timely fourth quarter kind of content. Mm -hmm. uh, again, we encourage you to look at what's available in the marketing kit that was released, uh, the fourth quarter marketing kit. There's mm -hmm. some... Um, there's a promotional flyer. There's a postcard. There's um, receipt inserts. that we, We've given you content for email. We try to make yep. it easy as possible to tell people about it. Figure out which piece works best for you. Copy and paste it and send it out to that kind of select segmentation of your donor list. Uh, and we'd love to see those folks. A reminder that that is a registration uh, event. Yes. Donors will need to register on the website for it. And we do let you know in return, anybody who attends that registered that indicated you invited them to it, we will share that list of names back with you after the broadcast right. is over. So a uh, great way to do some follow-up work on that. Um, in addition to the first quarter 2023 marketing plan yeah. is released on Ultimate Gifts. And so that's available in the member center today. Mm -hmm. uh, again, just a reminder, recordings of this broadcast and any other broadcasts that are always, we always record these um, and make them available through the member center. And then our donor focused ones like next month are available at the barnabasfoundation.com slash interactive Correct. website. Um, so be sure anybody from your team that would benefit from watching today's discussion on legacy societies, be sure to share that with them. And if you have any trouble whatsoever getting the member center, reach out to us. We're happy to help you get back into it. Thank you for listening. This has been a members only broadcast brought to you by Barnabas Foundation. Learn more about the variety of resources, tools and training available to you by logging into the member center at www.barnabasfoundation.org.